Habakkuk, we talked about the second chapter. We started at verse one. Habakkuk, 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 Habakkuk. Uh, I'm going to read the text one more time just for our hearing. Habakkuk, the second chapter, starting at the first verse, a familiar pericope of scripture. It says, I will stand my watch and set myself upon the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Father God, we thank you now for this opportunity, this privilege to stand here before these, your people. Lord, I pray now that you would hide me behind that old rugged cross, that these, your people, would see you, hear you, feel you, and not me. Father God, I give you full uh, use of me, Father God. You called me, not me calling me. And God, I ran from the call. But God, you would not let me find rest until I answered. So here I am. Use me, God. Have thine own way. Let me be your spokesman, God. That, Father God, I would speak your word. That, Lord God, you would touch the hearts, the ears, the minds of these, your people. That this word would find a resting place. And that it not just rest but it would rule and super rule over their lives that they will run and have to tell somebody what God has said. Lord, we love you now. We thank you now. We kind of done in Jesus name. Amen. 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 What I'd like to talk to you today from this book of Habakkuk is about visions and visionaries. You see, beloved, the book of Habakkuk is only three short chapters. It's numbered within the very idea of the minor prophets tucked between Nahum and Zephaniah. Yes, beloved, minor, minor, minor in its implication. Uh, But Habakkuk begins to ask certain questions of God. That's a lesson right there. Many of us probably have heard older folks tell us, don't question God. But if you read the Bible, we find that it's not wrong to question God. But we still must come to God with respect and adoration. But we need to ask him because he is the author and the finisher. Whom knows better than God? So we find the answers to the questions of life only at the knee of God. Questions like why does it seem that the wicked prosper while the righteous seem to get worse? Why does it seem that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? The cry throughout the years is, Lord, how long shall we cry and will thou hear our cry? You see, beloved, it is in this chapter that we find now God's response. And here we find now that the prophet Habakkuk is dumbfounded by what God tells him. You see, here it is. God says, I see the wicked in the land. I'm not silent, Habakkuk. I I need you to know, Habakkuk, that I'm busy. I'm working to build up a nation of people that will come and follow the pattern of people that will live the plan and of people who fulfills 
the purpose. Yes, my friends, God says that I am raising up a people within the midst of a people. God says I am positioning a remnant who not only know my name, but will give me glory. He he says, I will raise up this same people within a people. I'm talking about this remnant that exists within the midst of the world, within the midst of the Babylonians, within the midst of the Chaldeans. They, They will be a people within the people who are not a people. What 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 God is saying is that even in the midst of the land of the walking dead, there is a living water. Uh, uh, There is a fountain of eternal life that will nourish even the dry bones. Even in the midst uh, of of a hardened heart, a heathen nation, God will bring flesh, blood, life. You see, beloved, in chapter two, the prophet says that he's going to get away from the prophet. And can I pause for the cause? Can I put a pen right there? How many of us have been guilty of trying to run from a problem, trying to get away from a situation? But do you not know that you can't run because a problem will only find you wherever you run to? Yes, beloved. We find the key here is that we can't not run or we may get away for a while. But the answer is seek the Lord. Wait on the Lord, for the Lord shall give you a prophet and he shall give you a vision. See, beloved, let me clarify a few terms. You see, a vision is not a dream. A vision is not a nightmare. A vision is not something of your own creation. A vision is not flesh driven. It's not a program. It's not a manipulation. It's not something that we conjure or connive. It's not something that we falsely sign God's name to and expect God to honor and fulfill. Uh, Loose in the name of Jesus. You see, you see, you see, my friends, God has not, will not have any part of that kind of foolishness. Or or we can we can have a a chicken fried chicken uh, program, a a 15 colors of the tea reading and all that kind of stuff. And we'll get three dollars over lunch money, but it will not glorify God. Uh, Do you mind if I just teach just a little bit? You see, look at the book of Joel. It's in that second chapter of Joel that it says that the day of the Lord is coming. He says that a day of doom and of darkness, a day when the earth will shake and the stars no longer shine. See, beloved, Joel speaks from the position of the prophetic. See, prophetic. I'm not talking about a prophet, but I'm talking about prophetic. See, the prophecy is always a warning to repentance. Yes, it is past, present and future. Joel says in verse number 12, return to the Lord with fasting and weeping and the Lord will relent from the sending the day of calamity. You see, beloved, God is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. He says, turn from your wicked ways and he will heal the land. God tells Joel, Joel, speak to the people. Joel says they don't want to hear. He says, I didn't ask you that. I told you speak. He says, 
blow the trumpet, declare a holy fast, gather the people and consecrate the assembly. Let the priests weep between the porches and cry out, spare your people, Lord. Yes, beloved, blow the trumpet. The day of the Lord is coming. Does this sound familiar? This is not the same message that John declares. Did not John come crying out, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight the path for him? Did not John baptize in the name of repentance of the forgiveness of sin? Yes, and it is then now that Jesus comes and brings confirmation and conclusion to that prophecy. Yes, repent, my friends, because the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, you need to take note that prophecy exists just as revelation does. They both exist in the past, the present and the future. You see, my friends, it's easy to understand if you consider the source. Yes, the source. We're admonished in the Bible to try the spirit by the spirit. Prophecy or revelation are of God. They are expressions of God's will, his way, and his very mind. They are manifestations of the word of God, which is God. And God, my friends, is, was, and forever shall be. God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. God's word, which is his mind, is eternal. Always was and always will be. God is without beginning and without end. What this means, my friends, is that the prophetic release of God is the solution even before there is a problem. Oh, y'all, do y'all need to hear this? God's word, God's prophetic release is the answer to your problem even before you have a problem. Watch this. The Bible declares that God has given us everything pertaining to life and to godliness. What does that mean? It means that you already have everything that you need. Why do we then now suffer? We don't suffer because God has not done what he said he would do. We suffer because we have not availed ourselves of everything God says that we can have. He says that you're healed. Well, have you gone to God for your healing? Have you have you walked with God even before you got sick? Or do you wait to now I've got a problem. Now I seek the Lord. Oh, you're not with me today. See, beloved prophecy, true prophecy is confirmed by the past, constant in the present and consecrated for the future. Prophecy. I'm not talking about prophets. I'm not talking about the gift of prophecy. I'm speaking about the prophetic utterance, the warning from God to repentance and from the wrath. Beloved, prophecy can come in voice, dream or vision. You see, dreams are a state of mind in which images, thoughts and impressions pass through the mind of a person who's sleeping. Yes, beloved, God uses dreams to warn and to make aware. Oftentimes, God will provide a man of God with an interpretation. Watch this. This this shows you the difference between dreams and revelation. See, with dreams, there has to be interpretation. Dreams happen in your subconscious, in your lack of awareness. God will cause something to come into your mind and you may not understand what you're seeing in your mind. But if it is of God, someone will be able to interpret, will be able to tell you, ah, I know what you're talking about. This is what you need to see. But now when you have revelation, God will speak now 
and confirm that which you have dreamed. Here's the difference now with visions. Now, visions are experienced now through supernatural insight and awareness speaking to your spirit by and through revelation. See, with vision, there's no need for interpretation. The vision is only given to the visionary. What happens with vision, it's made known, but you do not have to understand. Watch this. When God told Abraham to go to a land, he, 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 he had a vision. He went where he did not know. Vision now leads you, but God guides you. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Let me, let, me, let me see if I can make it plain to you. Let me see, let me see. When, when, when the vision now is unfolded, God sent Moses. He runs from Egypt because of murder. He ends up in the desert, but in his running from, he ends up before God. The burning bush The vision now begins to speak to him. The vision now, without knowing why or what, tells him, you've got to go back because I have work for you to do. Does Moses understand? No, but he has the vision and the visionary must follow the vision. You know, beloved, people love to speak that scripture from Joel. They love to give life to the scripture where he talks about uh, 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 pouring out his spirit, that vision shall be poured out upon all flesh. The truth of the matter is we often interpret that scripture incorrectly. You see, they use it to speak to the usage of women pastors and preachers. Beloved, first of all, every pastor is not a prophet. Nor every pastor operating in the prophetic gifts of the spirit, but every pastor must be operating in the fivefold ministry giftings. Yes, those are the gifts given by God through Christ for the edifying, for the building up of the church. And if that person, yes, I said person, male or female, yes, that person must be a visionary and he will receive vision of God from God. Yes, beloved, you see, Moses did not did not wonder what he did not wonder why. Only thing he asked was, what should I say? And that's a lesson in and of ourselves. When God gives us vision as to what we need to do, we need not to wonder why, but we need to ask when. See, beloved. Let me hasten through this text. Our first point I'd like to draw your attention to is that when you don't know what, when, where or how to hold on. The answer is to hold on to who. When you can answer the question of who, you don't have to answer all those other questions. You don't have to answer what, when, where or how. All you need to do is hold on to who. Who can hold you in your time of storm? Who can keep you from falling? Who can pick you up and turn you around? Who can make a way out of no way? 
who, 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 when you know who created the heavens and the earth, when you know who parted the Red Sea, when you know who delivered Daniel out of the lion's den and the three Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace, when you know who walked upon the waters, when you know who healed the sick and raised the dead, when you know who died on a cross and rose on the third day, mm, when you know who rules and super rules, you can hold on. Yes, when you know who. Yes, that vision. That vision may tarry. That vision, you may have to wait. But no, the vision is like a baby. Yes, beloved. It's, 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 it's protected because the vision can be easily lost. The, the enemy is determined to destroy the vision that God has birthed within you, you and me. He's tried to kill Moses. He tried to kill Jesus. But because he knows what God is doing in your life. Yes, the devil is afraid that if you reach your destiny, that lives will be transformed, that the very world will be moved into a mighty, mighty place that will bring God glory and honor. That's why, beloved, the devil has brainwashed, brainwashed most of the world today, brainwashed them with sex and see it and saturated our minds with the idea of a normalcy, a, a, a regularity that is contrary to the word of God. He sent false prophets, wolves and sheep clothing in and among the lambs, telling them what they want to hear and giving trinkets that glitter, uh, but they don't last. And they do it at a cost that is more than we ever will realize. Yes, beloved, vision, vision, vision. Vision is like that same pregnancy which I referenced before. You see, the doctor will confirm the pregnancy just as Christ has confirmed the vision. But the confirmation now brings responsibilities. Responsibilities to bring the baby, the vision to full term. The doctor will advise the parent the mother, that she ought not to smoke or drink. She ought to have no wild living. Yes, and the enemy will whisper into your heart, tell you, well, if other people can do those things, why can't I? Don't you know the devil is a liar? The reason is that they're not carrying what you're carrying. They're not birthed with the vision. They're not manifesting the destiny that has called you to be different called you as a child of God to be set apart, to be radical, and even to be ridiculed. Yes, it means a change, and a change for the better. It means a cost, but not a loss. You'll need to change people, places, and things, but what you give to God, God will give you double for your trouble. As a matter of fact, that's a key for the kingdom. Matthew 19, 29 says it this way. And everyone who has left houses, brothers and sisters, father, mother, wife or children, lands for my name's sake, watch this, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Oh, y'all not feeling this because that's a key, a key that unlocks the very the very dynamic power of God's blessings and favor in your life. That if you will give to God, I'm not talking about your offerings. That's that's that's. That's for your benefit. That's that. What I'm saying is that what you consecrate in your life, your actions, your attitude, the way you go about living your life, that God will manifest it in your life a hundredfold. What does that mean, preacher? I'm glad you asked. You will see that when trouble comes your way, God will part it just like the Red Sea. That your seed, your seed seeds, your seed seed, that they will rise up 
on wings of eagles. No, I'm not saying they won't have problems, but they will find answers to their problems. What I'm talking about is real eternal life. Not pie in the sky by and by when you die over yonder. I'm talking about right here, right now. Blessings and favor. I'm talking about the favor of God, the blessings of God sitting by your bedside. And when you rise in the morning, God says, come, my child, there's work to do. And you rise up and say, let me go. For I am ready to do thy work. And God will walk with you. David declared, he says, that, 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 that goodness and mercy said, follow me all the days of my life. See, I'm not talking about dead. I'm talking about living. Living in abundant. Living in the blessings and the favor of God. Have you ever wondered why some people can walk and live even in the midst of trouble and not be tore up from the floor up? Have you ever wondered why some folk seem to always be able to smile? Have you ever wondered? I remember asking one of my mentors, Pastor, doesn't trouble ever come to your life? He says, yes, it does. But I have an umbrella that keeps it from getting me wet. I said, well, what is this umbrella? You know what he said. It's the word of God. But when I cover myself, see, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I raise up a standard. I raise up an umbrella. Don't you know? Can I can I teach? Listen, here was Jesus. The Holy Spirit had came upon him when he was baptized by John. And the Bible declares that immediately. Oh, God Almighty. Catch this in the spirit. Immediately. He was driven into the wilderness. And listen, let's make it plain. The same thing happens to you and me. I'm not saying we're not driven into the desert, but we're driven into the wildness, into the wickedness. Where's that at? (laughs) Outside these doors, outside your door. Matter of fact, some of us in your house, some of us in my house. But here's the thing. The adversary will come and what does he come with? He comes with the word of God. He comes with that which is important to you. He tries you and he tests you in whatever position you are in. But what you have to be able to do is to stand and withstand. Watch this. See, first thing you think about is in my might and in my strength. (laughs) The devil is a liar because the devil will knock you down, beat you within an inch of your life. Only thing that can beat him is the word of God. And if you don't have any word to stand upon, you will be beaten. You'll be beat down. And if you're beat down, trust and believe your seed will be beat down. Because if the root is damaged, the tree will grow crooked. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. The second point is that the vision must be made sure That it is of and from God. See, many people wear out and fall out because they're following a vision or a visionary that's not of God. Listen, I'm going to just be five more minutes. I want to make this one real plain because, you know, I encounter this as, as, as a pastor, just as a child of God. I'm sure you encounter it, too. You 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 share something with somebody relative to your own faith system and they'll start to talk about Christians when you do and you do and they do and we've given Christ a black eye we've given Christ 
and, and Christianity a bad name. And we've got to correct it. So, so here it is. How, how many pastors have stood here and proclaimed the good news and have not lived $3 in Chinese money? It sounds funny, but it's sad. It's sad because you got to you got to live Jesus, not just here, but everywhere. I'm not talking about a false and fake religion. I'm talking about a real loving life. I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about a life without sin. I'm talking about a life that does not stumble my brother or my sister. See, listen, you do whatever you want to do. Paul says that he has the liberty because of his relationship with God, that he can do all things. But he says that it's not expedient that he do everything because some things will stumble someone else. So we've got to be mindful of who we follow. You see, people follow stuff that doesn't align with God's word because it aligns with what they want. Promises, you know, you've heard it. Name it, claim it, call it, haul it. Huh? A, a good dance, a shake, a shimmy, a sha na na na, and all that old nonsense. But you're not living nothing, and we run to those churches, to them preachers, throwing money at their feet for what? And you can't pay your your light bill, and trust and believe they're not going. They're not going to go in their pocket and give it to you. But we'll run after that because why? We're just like that, like those little the, the, the little animals. We shake a little glitter, a little ting-a-ling-a-ling, and we're running and following it. And we'll run away from the substance. Well, we, we, have to, we have to take responsibility for some of that. Because in history, through the years, we preached a Christianity that was so, so strict and so unreal that nobody wanted to live it. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus did not do that. He told the Pharisees, he says, says, you tell the people to do what you don't even do. Listen, I'm not going to hold y'all. Beloved, let me, look, we're going, we're going, I'm, I'm, look. Let me just say this. God has given us a vision. And he's given us visionaries. But the greatest vision we have is the word of God. The greatest visionary that we have or will ever need is Jesus. Look to him. Look to his word. Try the spirit by the spirit. And then, just like I said, when your relationship or when your cup begins to become fuller and begins to overflow the cup, it falls into the saucer of your life. Don't be stingy with your salsa, but share the overflow. What are you saying, preacher? Tell some, some, somebody that living he loved me, dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away, but rising he justified. Freed me forever and one, 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 one glorious morning he's coming back. And he's coming back for me. Will you be ready? Will you go? Will you answer? Will he know your name? The vision, though it tarry, it shall come to pass.
God bless you. Heaven smile on you.